0: Hey, this is Larry the Cable Guy, and you're listening to the Racing Boys. And if you ain't listening to them, you get out of the country because you're a communist. I love the Racing Boys. Like Mater says, they make me
1: happier than the tornado and the Trailer Park. You know, the funny thing about that is the Larry voice and the Mater voice are exactly the same. Get her done!
2: It's time for America's most unique motorsports show. Mostly Motorsports with the Racing Boys. Brought to you by Rod in Supply and the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints.
3: Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod in Supply featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. We've got a great show today for you. Landon Crawley is who is going to be driving with the World of Outlaws this year for the Sides Motorsports team. Is going to be joining us here in just a little bit. Also joining us on the show is the winner of the Southern Sprint Car Shootout, Ryan Timms. He's going to be joining us as well. And also we're going to have the pit reporter for the late model series. Um, ben Shelton is going to be joining us. He's the pit re- pit reporter for flow so uh we, we've got a really good show lined up for you today how about that kurt it's victory monday isn't it it is victory monday Can we talk about football before we talk racing well we're we're gonna talk a little <laughs> bit about football and let me let me just say this all i want to say is that nobody other than one guy pete on on uh on um, good morning um football he picked the chiefs to win and i read online where another guy picked the chiefs to win but those are the only two people i saw picked the chiefs to win
4: well you guys did i picked the ravens to win you did you yeah. p- you picked the ravens and to I win and i picked the bills to win the week before that so how'd that
3: work out that didn't work out very good for you <laughs> did it Kurt? i'm glad i didn't put any money on it hey so let me just say this. Hey, Todd, let, let me get you involved in this conversation here real quick. Did, did, did anybody that you know of pick the Chiefs to win that game?
5: Um, Nick Wright, obviously, the national media guy who used to be a Kansas City guy. Right. He's been with them the whole week. So if you watched him this morning, it, or today, he'll be on here when we get off the show. On uh, ES- I don't know if he's on ESPN or CBS Radio, but uh, yeah, not very many had us going, and that's fine. Keep doubting, just keep
3: doubting. And, and, and for for that matter, we're already the underdogs in the Super Bowl. Yeah,
4: how already, about that?
5: Already, which is which is good.
3: You
4: know, now it, why it, at this point would you not pick the Chiefs after what they've done? I I, I, I would I be don't... shocked if they. Aren't the favorites in the Super Bowl, but you say they're already an underdog.
5: Yeah, I think
3: it's. They already are an With Patrick underdog. Patrick Mahomes, a quarterback. <laughs> right. The greatest quarterback ever. It's
5: it's just.
3: <laughs> Possibly ever. Where, where would Patrick Mahomes rate as a quarterback in the grand scheme of things? Tom Brady is number one, right?
4: Yeah, you'd still have to say Tom Brady is the best. Then you got but- Joe
5: Montana.
3: Joe Montana,
5: he still got rings on four fingers. Right, right, and, and then I
3: think it would be Patrick. Yeah, Mahomes Steve too.
5: Young. Steve Young was a hell of a quarterback too. He and won then, one. Yeah, but Steve, he, he only helped. won one that's, Super Bowl. That's true. That's true. Um, Terry Terry Bradshaw, Terry won, Bradshaw won, four. won four, and so I always put Terry Bradshaw in there because he, when you win four Super Bowls, that's you're a, you're a badass for <laughs> I mean right. it's hard to win. we know that we've been this is our fourth Super Bowl with this regime. this It's hard to do what we're doing. Hey,
3: so Patrick Mahomes has been in six straight AFC championship games. Yes, that's incredible. That is incredible. Four Super Bowls in the last five years. Four out of the five wow. years he's, he's been in the Super Bowl. How about that?
5: The only three players he's been beat by is Brady. In the playoffs. And Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow in the playoffs. So, I mean.
4: And the two guys he's lost to in the playoffs are Joe Burrow and Tom Brady. Tom Brady.
5: That's it.
3: So, uh, Ryan just said here that Chiefs open two and a half points dogs. Yeah. Um which that makes is, no sense to me. I, I, I can't, I, I can't well, believe
4: if it. Well, you would have saw
5: the, uh, yesterday Vegas was just dying for somebody to put the points on Chiefs yesterday because all the money was on the Ravens. Right. Vegas had so much Ravens money that they were just hoping. They that, lost their ass yesterday, <laughs> didn't they?
4: Yeah. <laughs> it's just. <laughs> well, know, I got to say I am proud of the other quarterback in the Super Bowl, my boy Brock Purdy. He, uh, he didn't. Not so well in the first half, but in the second half, he more than made up. Hey, I, I thought
3: your team was going to lose. To and be sure honest with at, you,
4: at halftime they were down A, seventeen, 17 points to, points to the Detroit nothing. Lions. Right. I don't know what happened. So it didn't look very good. Right. I don't know what happened uh, but, to Detroit. Uh, they in the second came back half. And, and they won. And uh, you thirty-four
3: know. to twenty-four.
4: Right. So it is. Uh, it's pretty amazing to watch what Brock Purdy is doing. Kirk, people that are tuned in, I'm an so, Iowa state so, alum. Uh, I watch him every
3: college game he plays. The question is, are you going to root for the Chiefs? Are you going to root for your hometown boy? Oh, I'm a Chiefs
4: fan first. Yeah. The only reason I'm a 49ers fan is because of Brock Purdy. That's it. If he weren't playing for the 49ers, I wouldn't be a 49er fan. Right. I'm a Chiefs fan no matter what. So, yeah, yeah. I'll be I'll be rooting for the for the Chiefs in this one. I'm I'm a hometown guy. You know what, what can what, I tell you.
3: Wouldn't it be cool if the Chiefs go back to back Super Bowls? Wouldn't that, that be would cool? That would be amazing. That would be amazing. Last
4: team to do that? The yeah. Patriots. O three, O four. Yeah. So yeah, it's uh, quite a ride Kansas City Chiefs are on right now.
5: Yeah. I don't people pretty amazing. Young people right now that have been living in Kansas City for the last, I don't know. It, 12 years they don't get they i mean you know we had a royals going to the couple championships there in a row we had went, went to world series and and two times and then off the cuff of that we get patrick mahomes and we start winning again with the chiefs right. it's like some like my son doesn't get that we don't that we just used to lose everything. <laughs>
3: Lamar Jackson didn't have a good day yesterday, did he?
5: Well, I and I don't know if it's his fault. I I'm
3: I think gonna, he imploded a little bit. I'm going to blame the I court. Think he, I think his brain just yeah. imploded a little bit. They
5: put too much on him. You got a They only really ran the ball 6 times, guys. This team have been running the ball all year. They're number one in the run, number one stopping the run. And they stopped running. They ran the ball 6 times yesterday. The Chiefs did not look good at the run, but they just kept at it. And we eventually broke through with some running. That They just stopped. They got flustered. They may have thought that the MVP would be able to pull it out. And you can't put all the burden on one guy's shoulder. Patrick couldn't do it all by himself. You everybody know, had to step you know up. That, you know
3: what bothered me the most is where everybody talked about the Baltimore defense is going to just – just annihilate Patrick Mahomes. Yep. But they never did do that. No. Uh, how many times they sack him? Two or three times?
5: I don't know. But I know the second half, they did shut us down. We didn't score a point in the second half. I mean, all of our points were scored. Well, they
3: scored. got out
4: such a great start. That that was the whole key. Yeah. To everything. Right. Yeah. We
5: all know that so. experience is a, is a major role in this. And when you get a team... On the brink of doing something that, you know, a quarterback has never done this. you got wide receivers, DBs on that team that have never done it. Whereas on our team, we have a few guys that have never done it that are rookies. But the majority of them have already been through this game. And they know that this isn't the final stop. Right. Like and we're not celebrating last week just because we got to the AFC Championship game, and we're not celebrating this week just because we made it to the Super Bowl. We've we've been there. We tasted what it was like when we got beaten up Super Bowl. That, it that's sucks. where
3: Patrick Mahomes has the advantage. Absolutely. To be honest with you, one hundred percent, because he he's not under pressure. He doesn't feel the pressure of the Super Bowl. He, he thrives on the pressure.
5: He right? thrives on it. Yeah, and his dad, I think, that kind of. When your dad's a major league baseball player, right, and, and you, you're around all those, you athletes. grow up in that type of thing. You mm. just kind of get it that it's like, oh, this is how you're supposed to act when things do this. And right, you want to know why guitar, little guitar players and little drummers are so good because they just are like, oh, that's what you're supposed to do. So their mindset just geared. Like my son, Kirk knows. When you see him on the baseball field, he looked like a professional baseball player because. His mindset was always like, oh, that's what a professional baseball player looks like, and that's what you do. So I don't doubt that for a minute that that's, that's how we came to where we hey, are. on hey,
3: Blake's son Blake, his son, said, my son will be two in March. He's going to be disappointed someday when they don't go to the Super Bowl. Yeah, exactly. It's true. If you're a cheese fan, you better
4: enjoy this while you got it because it's not going to last forever.
5: Rarefied air, people. Rarefied air, what we're living in. Uh,
4: Now that we've chased away all the non cheese fans out there. Right, yeah, no doubt. uh, But, you know, it was was really interesting uh, the whole season. You know, I watched both these teams, like, you know they were my team. You know, just uh, you, right. when you watch them every week, you're intimately you know everything about all the players and everything. And here they are facing up each other in the Super Bowl. It's that's a pretty surreal feeling yep. from where no. I sit. So, but no, I'm I'm going to be I'm going to be rooting for the Chiefs. I you know I'm going to have to part company with the Forty ers on this one. But uh, hey, uh, so, you know it's got to be it's got to be a Devastating blow. If you're a Detroit Lions fan, or you're a Baltimore Ravens fan, you know we know what that feels like. Yeah, you know, they ain't feeling good right
3: now. That that's well, disappointed. Hey, their quarterback imploded a little bit. I, 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 he, he just had a terrible game. Really, to be honest, with which you.
4: one are you talking about?
3: Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson. Yeah, he did catch
4: his own pass there one time.
3: He did. Deflection. Yeah. And he gained 21 yards on that play too. Right. Yeah. But uh, it was a fascinating
4: day of football yesterday. Loved every minute of it. And now we're uh, slow. We got one more game to go, but it's going to be all racing from here on out.
3: Right. Yeah. No doubt <laughs> about it. Now the
4: football season's winding down.
3: Let's uh, let's talk about Ryan Timms picking up the uh, um, Southern Sprint Car Shootout, Kirk. Man um there for a minute uh, I thought Sam Havertief was going to get up there and challenge for the win because he came from 8th and he's he's had to do that every night. He started 7th or 8th every night. He's not done good on the pill draw. He's done the, he's the not done on the on the redraw. The redraw. He he picked
4: 8th or I think it was the 7th the first night he picked 8 on Friday night and another 8 Right. Out of eight on Saturday night. So not very good Sam is with the redraw. On the
3: redraw. Right.
4: And so he had uh, but I still thought he had a fast race car. Were, were on you Saturday a little surprised
3: night. about Austin McCarl? He started on the pole and he ended up running fourth. Were you spun little, out. Huh? Yeah, he spun out on the second line. He had restarted the back and he still and, came and, back and up to fourth. He came all the way back yeah. up to fourth. Right. Yeah, I think it was lap four. He got sideways he, down did, there. Do I don't you know if he just like, looped it on his own. I think he did. I think he just looped it out on his own. I I, I don't know what other people think, but I think that he just he just uh, he just spun it out on his own. And he won Friday nights because he pushed off and, and yeah. Because they they were speculating that he might have had a problem with his car, but. I didn't see any problem with this car. I just think he Got spun it out just
4: a little bit too hot, and a little too hot, which is pretty unusual for Austin McCarl to do. He's uh, doesn't make that that many mistakes, right? And he sure, certainly didn't in the preliminary night on Friday night. But uh, very impressive performance for Ryan Timms. He had that car dialed in, and for him to uh, battle the way he did, get around Justin Peck, and then uh, he he was coming around. He, they had the checkered flag almost ready to wave. And he was coming down to the start-finish coming down line. To the start-finish line and a yellow come, yellow come out. Yellow So he had to go back and redo that right. again. Mm-hmm. And a green-white checker finish, and he was able to pull it off. But a uh, very impressive run for Ryan Timms. So we'll be anxious to talk D- to him about did, it here in a little bit. Did you
3: think at one point that Justin Peck had a chance to win that race? Yeah, when he
4: was out in front. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but... Uh, he just couldn't, uh, couldn't do it. We don't see Justin Peck in a 360 car that much. But,
3: but uh, in my eyes, Ryan Timms was the most dominant car that night, wasn't he? On Saturday night, he Yeah, was. for sure.
4: Now, earlier in the week, you'd have to say Sam had the fastest race car, even though he didn't. He almost won on Friday night. Right. Uh, Austin McCarl was able to hold him off at the checkered flag, but the first two nights, you'd have to say Sam had the fast race car, and... He, it didn't take him very long to come from eighth right. starting spot to challenge for the lead. But you just have to say, Tim's was better than Sam on Saturday night. That's right. all there was to it.
3: Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, Kirk, what'd you think about the whole uh, Ricky Thornton, Jonathan Davenport deal the other night? Well, at
4: Golden Isle Speedway, Saturday night, $25,000 on the line. They got rained out on Friday night. Thursday night, Hudson O'Neill won the feature event. So it was shaping up to be a barn burner on Saturday night. They were trying to hustle through uh, some threats of rain, so they didn't really work the racetrack as much as they wanted to. And uh, it started to rubber down just a little bit. Hard to pass. Everything was on the bottom. Pretty much. There was a few guys trying to it, it on the outside, but the bottom was dominant on Saturday $25,000 night. $25,000 to win as well. Right. So Ricky Thornton Jr. Uh, muscles his way to the front. Uh, he and Mike Marler had a pretty good battle going on. And Jonathan Davenport able to slide down to the inside uh, uh, and uh, grab uh, the lead. Hold on.
3: Jonathan, uh, uh, Mike Marler and Jonathan uh, or, or Ricky Thornton Jr. Right. got together yeah and they made a little contact and then at that moment Davenport took advantage. Jonathan Davenport squeezed by him and right. took the lead right but then later on
4: the track was uh you know taken on rubber and it was hard to pass and Thornton was able to get down to the inside and get around him but before that he got into the rear of Jonathan Davenport right and come across his nose and
3: Jonathan not not very happy about that well, I, I, I'm not sure that Jonathan Davenport didn't get into that corner a little bit and, and got his car a little bit sideways, and then Ricky Thornton Jr. ran into the, the quarter panel of him.
4: I, I don't think he did it on purpose. I don't he? think
3: he did it on purpose either. Uh. Uh-uh. But Jonathan but, but, may but, have thought that. Hey, but between Mike Marlar and Jonathan Davenport, they weren't happy with Ricky Thornton Jr., yeah, I guess Marler was unhappy that
4: Thornton came across his nose here one time.
3: Well he squeezed him almost squeezed into the he, wall.
4: Squeezed him up into the wall. Right. And you gotta really be doing something bad to really tick off Mike Marler. He's yeah. He's not one of these guys that gets upset very easily. So uh and after the race that Ricky Thornton won, he didn't talk like a guy that he just won a race. No. He he, he was, was
3: he was ticked off.
4: He was ticked off. I guess they were ticked off at him.
3: Right. And so, uh, and they were ticked off at him. <laughs> he knew well, it. Mike Marler was mad at him, and so was Jonathan Davenport. Yeah. And Well, Davenport, uh, and, and made, Davenport really had a reason to be kind of ticked
4: yeah. off. Really, to be honest with and you. And the because, quote of the night during his post-race interview, JD said, "It's going to get exciting coming up." Right. Like. Yeah, you know, it's kind of like you're going to race me that way, Ricky. Did you see him you're in Vi- get it back. Hey,
3: did you see him in Victory Lane when he went up there and elbowed him up in Victory Lane? Yeah, when they take the picture of the top 3 right. podium. Right. Uh
4: Which is always interesting if, uh, you know, Chris Madden, he wasn't very happy either. The
3: the tension between Ricky Thornton Jr. and Jonathan Davenport in victory lane (laughs) was very intense, wasn't it?
4: So when they take that picture of the top three on the podium down there, that that Saturday night was the one to watch. Right. And sure enough, uh, Jonathan gave him a little bit of elbow and they threw their hats up on these cars as they walked away. Right. Neither...
3: Neither JD, one of them were happy.
4: Neither JD or Chris Madden was
3: happy with Ricky Thornton Jr. Yeah. So And now, Mike Marler wasn't too happy with him as well. No. No. He <laughs> He he felt like he was done wrong right. up there, squeezing him into
4: the wall. So when they show up at Bubba Raceway Park tomorrow night, it's gonna be it, it, interesting to see. I how can't wait. How it all plays out.
3: I can't wait to see that race. Uh,
4: you know, Ricky Thornton Jr. as great a season as he had last year, twenty three wins on the Lucas Oil Late Model Series, and he had a chance to win the championship, but didn't win the championship. With the final four being in the in the final race at the Dirt Track World Championship at Eldora. He had the fastest car all year, but he didn't win the
3: championship. Hudson
4: O'Neill won the championship. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, The greatest season that he had all last year, he's got a big target on his back now. So, how's Ricky Thornton Jr. going to be able to handle that uh, the rest of the season? So far, he's off to a great start. But how? I mean, we're only. We're still in January, people, and. These guys are already mad at him, so right. we got a lot of races coming up here over the next couple of weeks down in Florida. We'll see what happens.
3: Ryan says Ricky is getting a bad reputation lately. Well. He... Kind of being rough a little bit, maybe. <laughs> well, you know, I,
4: dirt late model racing is not a lot different than other kinds of racing. You know, I'm going to race him like he races me,
3: you know. I, I always raced everybody the way they raced me. Right. If you rubbed on me, I rubbed on you. That's how I race. So I think RTJ is going to get some of that back. He might. He might. All and right. will it be sooner than later? That's the big question. Yeah, no doubt. Mostly Motorsports is brought to you by Rod in Supply, featuring the Power I Midwest Lightning Sprints. When we come back, World of Outlaw driver Landon Crawley is going to join us here on Mostly Motorsports. Stay tuned. We'll be right back.
2: You're listening to Mostly Motorsports with the Racing Boys. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rodins, radius rods, and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to Rodinsupply.com. rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod-in Supply is an assortment of rod ends, radius rods, and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is.
6: To learn more, go to rodinsupply.com. Rod-in Supply
2: is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod-in Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing or going off-road, Rod-in Supply is an assortment of rod radius rods, and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod-in Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodinsupply.com.
8: When Steve died, the outpouring of love was amazing. These dollars had come together um, to support us, and we realized, no, we didn't want to use them for us. We wanted to use them to help others.
0: The foundation has done so much for so many people. It helps any any family that has somebody, rather be a crew member or one of the drivers that get hurt, we can help them to get through the situation.
9: I was injured in an non-wing spread car accident that broke my neck and left me with a spinal cord injury. in the hospital eight months and that got really, really expensive. So having that extra help to help push me and my family forward was a big deal.
8: Yes, Steve's death is the reason the foundation exists, but it's Steve's life and it's the lives of racers everywhere is the reason we're able to do the work we do.
3: Welcome back to Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod and Supply, featuring the Power I Midwest Lightning Sprints. Joining us now on the show, I've known this kid for a long, long time. Landon Crawley joins us now. He's going to be driving with the Sides Motorsports number seven S car. Landon, how you doing, buddy?
1: Oh, not too bad. How
3: about yourself? I- I'm not doing too bad. Um, are you are you a little pumped up about the possibility of running a full World of Outlaw schedule this year?
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, it's definitely going to be a lot. It's going to be a long year. Um, I'm just going to kind of go uh, go every weekend at a time and uh, learn as much as I can.
3: Yep, no doubt about it. So you started racing when you were five years old. Uh, talk about yeah. your dad getting you into racing when you were five years old
1: um at first uh, i really didn't want to race um i guess just being at the track every weekend and uh it just, i just wasn't into it and then kind of one day out of the blue uh we had a go-kart hanging on the wall and then one day out of the blue i just decided uh i wanted to race and then pretty much from that point on I uh, raced just about every weekend so
3: yeah
1: uh yeah i've been. Feels like I've been uh, doing this my whole life, pretty
3: much now. So, kind of, kind of all I know. So, uh, you graduated from the go karts and you went into three hundred five racing. And, and talk about your career in three hundred five racing because you, you were pretty good at three hundred fives. Yeah, um, I
1: had a, I had several nights where I was wasn't too bad. Uh, I started racing three hundred fives when I was I was twelve. So. I jumped into it pretty early on in my uh, my career. And then uh my very first night in the three oh five I was actually kinda of thrown out to the sharks. I think I my first three oh five race there was sixty cars there It, it tracked me or dad I haven't hardly raced at at uh, Wichita Falls. So my uh my first race I think I ran twelve out of like sixty cars and then that right there kinda gave me a big confidence boost going into you know, going into West Memphis and running some of the local stuff. And then right. ended up running that about 20 times. And then that next year I was, uh, I was up in the three sixties.
3: Yeah. And, and then you, you graduated to the three sixties and you ran with the Lucas oil ASES national tour. Um, what, what did that series teach you on traveling up and down the road a little bit? What, what, what did that bring to you as a race team?
1: Yeah, that was that was by far the most important year of my uh my racing career. Uh that was my first year breaking out, getting onto going up north some, Iowa, up there, Nebraska, stuff like that, getting on some bigger tracks. So, uh, you know, getting out and racing somewhere other than, you know, two hours away at I thirty or West Memphis and that uh just that one year I improved majorly. So uh you know, I think that year uh, will help me a ton going into this next year. Which this year I didn't race a whole lot. I think I only ran about thirty times, and then, which was about half of what I raced the uh, year before. So, right. I think uh, getting a little bit of experience, getting out on the road, you know, uh, working on cars and car washes, and staying up until one or two in the morning, maintaining. That'll uh, that'll vastly help me this year.
3: Yeah, uh, I know that you were down at the uh, the Southern Sprint Car Shootout and. I know on the final night you ran thirteenth uh, with the 7S car. Um, tell us what happened there a little bit, uh, uh, because I, I I was looking for you to really do a, a, a really good job there. You started sixth, you ended up running thirteenth. Tell us what happened there a little bit.
1: Yeah, that was that was a long weekend for us. Though. You know, we had a fuel filter fall off the first night, so first night pretty much was just a scratch. Then the Second night, some of those problems kind of carried over, but uh, ended up being really good. Uh, feature kind of got stuck for a little bit, and then uh, I think I easily, if I would have started up front that night on uh, Friday, could have ran up front. And then uh, going into Saturday, it was that was really good. I think one quick time in my group, uh, fourth to third in the heat, and started and didn't quite get the read all perfect, but I ended up starting sixth, and we just uh, we just missed it pretty badly. I mean, right. uh, just how it goes sometimes. Kind of car was pretty evil to drive in the future and uh i just uh ended up struggling pretty bad it was yeah the car wasn't very fun to drive in dirty air that it, uh it's decent and clean air but it was just one of those nights where you know you just uh you just miss
3: you know i heard a lot of drivers talk about the dirty air when they got up on another car that the the car kind of went away from them because even even Sam said that about running up there behind Justin Peck a little bit. He said that when he got up there to Justin Peck, that the dirty air would kind of upset his car a little bit. And you were dealing with the same thing, right?
1: Right. Yeah. That's uh, when you get on those big tracks like that. I mean, it's it's very noticeable. I mean, in the heat races on Friday, I could see a vapor trail off my nose wing, and so that's uh that's not a very common thing. And uh, going into these. Uh, Four ten races. I think the dirty air is going to play a very big role. Um, they they took the two inch wicker bills away, and then so we're only allowed a one inch wicker. So I'm kind of curious to see how that's going to affect everything. Um, but yeah, this weekend the air was it was crucial.
3: So uh, they took away the two inch uh, wicker bill on that and made it to a one inch. Are are you a little concerned
1: about that a little bit? Um. You know, I'm, I'm not too sure yet. You know, a lot of people don't realize how big of a difference the uh, wickerbill really makes. You know, it's the two-inch piece of aluminum on top of the wing. But when you get on these places like Volusia or Knoxville or Eldora, I mean, that's going to play a huge role in uh, just close racing. So I think uh, I think these one-inch Wickers may make a pretty big difference, especially on these big tracks. I really do.
4: I mean, it's going to help the racing on the big half-mile racetracks. i Absolutely. I don't know about absolutely. that. You think it will?
1: Oh,
3: no doubt
4: it will. I,
1: I um, you know, this weekend we got to run the 1-inch and the 2-inch wickers. And, you know, just in the 360, I could tell a huge difference in dirty air with the 2-inch. So, uh, going to, yeah, I definitely think going into the sports and stuff, it's going to be very noticeable.
4: And being out in front, clean air, that's uh, critically important, isn't it?
1: Yes, absolutely. Yep. That yep. was, uh one of the biggest things for uh, that I learned this week in evolution the uh, you kind of make all your moves on the first lap going into one that's that's pretty much where everything happens really
3: right yeah so do, do you kind of feel the the pressure on you a little bit at, uh, driving the, one, the 7s car you know the sides motorsports car has been been running up and down the road for a long long time do you kind of feel a little pressure on you a little bit
1: um you know not not too bad um jason i feel like me and jason are going to work very well together uh he's very laid back and he's not uh he, he's not going to beat you down when you have a bad night so uh i my expectations aren't super high i mean um i definitely want to make as many a's as possible that's kind of my biggest goal but uh i think uh, i think everything's going to go very well this year it's 100 going to be a learning year but you know it racing with Jasons for somebody that's been doing this for over twenty years now and race no every single one of these tracks twenty times. I mean, that's gonna be very, very important for me to uh you know I can, I can know that I go onto the track and I'll I'll have a perfect race car.
4: How did you and Jason Sides get together to make this run for the world about laws?
1: Um you know, my dad's raced with Jason for forever around Memphis and uh, West Memphis, all that so uh we didn't uh I've never really been around them until uh, here recently. Uh, we hung out with them for a little bit at that last outlaw race at Devil's Bowl and then uh, kind of had to work something out to go run the uh, race at Tri-State, which at that point in time, none of us had any clue about running the outlaw deal. Um, we kind of knew Robbie was out of the car, wasn't 100% sure on it, didn't know what he was going to do. So when uh, when the door came open, we just made sure to jump on it. You know, it's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, so... When something like this comes up and sponsors come in line, you gotta, you just gotta jump on it.
3: Yeah, I I know that you gotta really. Hey, listen, I'm taking a look at you right now, holding a kangaroo down there at (laughs) at at the uh, uh, at the chili bowl. Whose kangaroo was that?
1: That is a uh, his name's Cody Hinton. Um, He's a guy out of Texarkana. Uh, Just helps work at the track. He's actually uh, Shelby Hinton's uncle, I believe. Yeah. So, just kind of a, uh, one, of the, one of the racetrack sponsors. So, they end up, uh, he actually has two camels and a kangaroo.
3: Yeah, no doubt. Hey, so, listen, how did you feel like your Chili Bowl went?
1: Uh, you know, this year, didn't love it, didn't hate it. Um, I made a pretty bad mistake in my heat race on my prelim, and then I ended up going ninth to third, and then, uh, all on the bottom. The track wasn't amazing. And then uh, I ended up letting Brady and another guy get by me and ended up going the fifth. And that that right there kind of killed my whole week, really. So, um, you know, I, I wasn't terrible. And I think I ended up in a D. But my my D main had Mitchell Moles and Justin Grant right behind me. So uh, it wasn't terrible. wasn't quite as good as the year before. But um, I'm hoping next year we can uh, work on it. Hopefully put it in the A.
4: So how about you, you're going right back at Volusia next week. Uh, are you going to run more than just the World of Outlaws, sanctioned races?
1: Uh,
9: as of right now, um,
1: I had the 360 at Volusia, and then uh, right now we're going to run the 360s at East Bay. No high limit, but the uh, 360 race at East Bay, I'm pretty sure it's King of the Wings or Ronald Laney Memorial, one of them races, I'm pretty sure. So that's all uh, that's all we've got scheduled right now It's extra, so. And then other than that, it'll just be uh, all the outlaw races. Yeah. Uh, so
3: you're kind of restricted when you run with the World of Outlaws. You can only run four races, I believe it is, outside of the World of Outlaws. So you're not going to run any high-limit races, right?
1: I'm uh, not too sure, yeah. We're just going mean, to I, I have four races. So we're just going to have to uh, check and see, um, possibly running the uh, high-limit race of West Memphis. And uh, just gonna, we're just going to have to you know, look around, see where we're at, see how everything's standing with the um, outlaw guys, and then um, just take it one week at a time.
3: All right, Landon. uh, I I can't appreciate you taking the time to join us here on Mostly Motorsports. It's all been brought to you by Rod and Supply, featuring the Power Mm -hmm. Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. Can't thank you enough for taking the time to join us. Good luck to you this year, and we'll talk to you along the way sometime during the season sometime if you don't
1: mind. All right. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. All Good right.
3: luck, Landon. There you have it. Thank you. There you have Landon Crawley joining us here. We're going to take a break when we come back. Oh, you want to do the... the? Uh, Let's
4: talk about the Hall of Fame before we do go the Hall you. of Fame. How about that? All right. Uh, got the big sweepstakes going on up there with the Corvette and the Sprint car. We want to talk about that. And the Corvette is going to be giving away Exactly, one week after the Knoxville Nationals. So make sure you get signed up for that. This year, it's a beautiful torch red Z06 Corvette convertible. It's got the Z07 performance package and $25,000 cash to the grand prize winner in 2024. Now, this year, we talked about this the other day. We'll get this in. The grand prize cash option has been increased to $100,000 this year. So you can either take the Corvette or take the $100,000. So, But get signed up for that. All the proceeds go to the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum. And go to winaz06corvette.com to get registered uh, for the beautiful Corvette. What? And the, the Sprint Car, that's the other thing they're going to be giving away this year. In December of this year a brand new triple x chassis with a new Al Parker racing engine it's 410 race ready sprint car complete be sprint car complete sprint car mm-hmm. and get registered for that at winasprintcar.com. and uh, of course uh they, Bob Baker has done a great job up there and his team uh raised money they got the Brian Claussen Sweet Tower paid off and they've made other improvements to the Hall of Fame. They just finished. They had it down a week while the Chili Bowl was going on so they could uh, replace all the floors. They've got all the walls painted. They spruced up the Hall of Fame and Museum. It takes a lot of money to operate that. They,
3: they've slicked that place up a little right. bit. right?
4: And these fundraisers are a big, important part of keeping the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum going. And so uh, just wanted to tell you all about that. they got the gift shop open the year-round. Uh, sprintcarstuff.com of course when the season opens up in april uh you'll be able to see the uh the new salute to eldora speedway this year so right. looking forward to that
3: all right we're going to take a break when we come back more mostly motorsports it's all brought to you by rod In supply featuring the power Midwest Midwest lightning sprints we'll be back in a moment stay tuned
2: You're listening to Mostly Motorsports with the Racing Boys. Rod-in Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod-in Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing or going off-road, Rod-in Supply is an assortment of Rodins, radius rods, and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod-in Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodinsupply.com. Rod End Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod End Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing or going off-road, Rod End Supply is an assortment of Rod End's radius rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod End Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to RodEndSupply.com
6: rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as
2: well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod-in Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod-in Supply is an assortment of Rodins, radius rods, and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodinsupply.com.
8: When Steve died, the outpouring of love was amazing. These dollars had come together uh, to support us and we realized, no, we didn't want to use them for us. We wanted to use them to help others.
0: The Foundation has done so much for so many people. It helps any any family that has somebody, whether be a crew member or one of the drivers that get hurt, we can help them to get through the situation.
9: I was injured in a non-wing car accident that broke my neck and left me with a spinal cord injury. I was in the hospital eight months, and that got really, really expensive. So having that extra help to help push me and my family forward was a big deal.
8: Yes, Steve's death is the reason the foundation exists, but it's Steve's life, and it's the lives of racers everywhere is the reason we're able to do the work we do.
3: Welcome back. It's mostly motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod and Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. Joining us now on the show is a longtime friend of the Racing Boys, Ryan Timms. Joins us, Ryan. How you doing, bud?
1: I'm good. How are you? I-
3: I'm doing pretty good, man. You 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 kind of you kind of kicked their ass the other night, didn't you? Yeah, we were pretty fast. <laughs> yeah I, I i was shocked when when you came from fifth and and you you just flew by everybody up there and and you took the lead and i i just felt like at at that point that you were the dominant car of the night. how' did you feel yeah. about
1: that yeah i agree um finding the bottom definitely helped, but even before I moved down to the bottom, i was reeling in hate teeth and peg on the top. Um, but yeah, I mean, we had a really fast car, um, the big deal with running evolutions Volusia is just being smooth and straight and not bogging the car down as much with it being a 360, Right. Uh, which took me a couple nights to figure out, but once I got it figured out and we got the car better, we were, I felt like unbeatable.
4: What were you thinking when that yellow flag? came? You're coming down for the checkered flag, and you see that yellow.
1: Yeah, when I was going to lap that guy, I seen him slowing up a lot, and uh, I assumed that something broke, or he was just slowing down for whatever reason. Uh, But I was hoping he was going to pull in, and then I seen the yellow, and uh, I was expecting it, but, yeah, I was pretty frustrated. Um, I was, I mean, literally... Right at the flag stand when they threw the yellow, so right. Uh, it was unfortunate, but I understand because I was the only guy that got past them, and the rest of the field still had to pass the stopped car, so I think it was the right call.
3: Hey, did Did you feel like that uh, at one point, because c- kind of Justin Peck, on, on those restarts, you kind of gapped yourself a little bit between him and yourself. It, right. Yeah, a little bit.
1: Yeah, there, uh, on the when we first went green, um, I pulled him. I slowed down. My main deal was I knew I was faster on the bottom, but if I missed to the bottom, then he would be able to you know, reel me in. And uh, when we first went into one and two, I made sure to slow down a little more than normal right. uh, to hit the bottom. And then... Uh, there on the white flag lap, I missed it a little bit, and he was able to reel me in just a tad, but I was running then wide open and getting into three and four, sliding myself. Right. I knew it was fast enough where, and fast enough, and I was taking up the whole track in three and four to where he most likely wasn't going to be able to get under me. Right. Uh, so, it ended up working out. So. Did, did the
3: track take any rubber at all?
1: No, no. The track was really good. Uh the first two nights it, it was definitely um bottom lane dominant. Um they they would leave the bottom tilled up uh and wet throughout the whole night and just let like they let us and the modified just gradually work down and uh there for the first two nights, you know, it kinda made it not as great a racing, uh but there on the last night it was it was definitely still around the bottom but you could run the top and make something happen or make something work um but i i knew after i watched Haperkeep roll underneath me on the bottom uh the first night i believe and uh you know i knew that the bottom was going to come in again saturday night and uh, i got down there and Sure enough, it was quicker to be down there. Hey,
3: were you surprised by Austin McCarl spinning out on that second lap? Were you a little sh- taken back by that a little bit?
1: Yeah, I was uh, very surprised. I knew he was going to be uh, a hard, a hard guy to beat. So uh, when I saw him spin, I was surprised, but I was also, you know, it kind of made kind of was a little bit of a relief, knowing that. Um, It was just another heavy hitter that I didn't have to worry about, uh, at least for the time being. And, uh, yeah, it worked out.
3: He ended up, he started at the back of the pack, and he ended up running fourth. Mm -hmm. Were you kind of set back by that, that he ended up running fourth?
1: Yeah, no, I was, uh, I mean, I expected Austin to come back up through there, but to come from last, which I don't know what that is, 20-something. Right uh fourth at Belusha in the three sixty specifically it's a lot harder. It gets really strung out and um just hard to pass when you get back there in that dirty air. Uh but Austin he's good on uh he's real good on the half mile stuff, um especially places like Knoxville, so he knows how all the air works and uh, how to get by them guys. But yeah, he's a really good driver and uh, it didn't really surprise me to see him come back up through there. Um but I did expect him on the last restart maybe to show something, but uh, he never did.
4: Uh, Volusia's got a wall down on the inside. How dicey is that, knowing you have to run the bottom? you got that wall on the inside.
3: Uh, hey, listen, you came close to that wall a lot, man. You, mm-hmm. you were really close to that wall. Tell, tell us how close you were to it.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I got about as close as you could to the wall without hitting it a couple of times, but, um, there wasn't as much grip down there as there was the first two nights. So if you wanted it to work, you had to be right up against it. Um, which for me, I don't, I don't know for whatever reason, it was, it just wasn't a problem. I could put the left front right up against it and, uh, just leave just enough room to get around there quick. And, uh, but yeah, that wall—it's—it's it's there, and I—I uh, I got into it a couple times. There was a couple times I had to kind of recorrect myself and steer away from it, because if I would have stayed where I was at, I would have hit it. Yeah, no. But, uh, I was, yeah, I was getting close to it.
3: Hey, so I—I I gotta ask you—you you know, I, I'm a really good friends with Jimmy Jones, mm-hmm. and and, and i I've, I've been really good friends with him for a long, long time. What what did Jimmy say to you after that race?
1: He just said I drove a perfect race and uh we were just perfect in the main and uh I agree but it's makes it makes my job a lot easier when I got a car that's that hooked up. So Jimmy did the perfect job all night. Uh after the heat race we kinda had a stumbling problem. Really taken off, and so between the heat and Maine, Jimmy was in the trailer changing a whole bunch of stuff, and uh, it it ended up working out. So uh, Jimmy knows his stuff for sure, and um, yeah, I mean, without him, it wouldn't have been possible. So um, big thanks, to Jimmy.
3: So, so what does Jimmy do for you mostly? Is he a uh, a consultant is—I is, know he he puts the setup on the car, but is 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 it, is it mentally soothing for you as a driver to have Jimmy Jones as your crew chief?
1: Yeah, it, it definitely is. Um, he builds all the cars uh, in the shop. He puts them all together. He um, sets sets the car up, um, and knowing i have i have no doubt that the car is going to stay together for all however many laps the race is for the whole race and uh, just knowing that you have a car that is fast and is going to stay together makes me a lot more confident in the car and makes me drive the car a lot harder and um it just it's a lot better when you know you have good stuff that you're driving so (laughs) uh yeah for sure having jimmy on the wrenches is a huge. Uh, it's kind of. I, I mean, it's really a big advantage uh, compared to everyone else that we're going against. Right. You know, a, a lot of these guys just got. They're just doing it themselves, or they got. You know, they're. They're. It's a family-owned team. They got their dad working on their car, or whatever. But right. to have a guy like Jimmy, who's been around the sport forever, he worked with the Kinsers, Mark, and carl and steve and all them and uh just to have him who knows so much working on my stuff it's a huge plus and just it's great how how many stories has
3: jimmy jones told you about the kinsers
1: too many to count. I don't even. I, I I couldn't tell you. I hear a lot of the same ones over and over. But they're pretty good stories, so I don't mind listening to them.
3: Yeah, no doubt about it. He, uh, he's he's such a good guy, man. Oh, Jimmy is, and uh, he's such a great friend of mine. And we traveled up and down the road for so many years. And uh, hey, man, picking up that ten thousand dollars wasn't too bad either, was it?
1: Oh, no, it was great Jimmy. He put on his lucky hat. he has a hat we won the hockey with, and uh we won some other ten grand to win with it and uh yeah, so it worked out perfect he He claims he's that we're that uh, I'm Mr Ten grand is what he says when there's ten grand on the line we're we're really fast, so uh it seemed to work out that way and uh, yeah, it was a great weekend.
4: uh, we've talked about jimmy uh Ryan. how about uh? Jason, Joel, and Chance. Yep. How about those guys?
1: Yeah, so uh, we had Billy with us. He's been with us for, freaking nine, ten years. Or been with me for nine or ten years since I very first started. So Billy uh, isn't
3: with you anymore?
1: No, he quit um, right after this last season. Uh, he just got burned out, which I completely understand. He's been working his tail off for the past nine or ten years non-stop uh so i understand why he got burned out but uh we're on good terms still and whatnot but uh he quit and then we had a tire guy who also quit because uh, his dad races up in uh up at houston's with the 305s and he wanted to help him before he was done racing but um so we had a You know, we only had Jimmy, uh, going into this year. And then, uh, we, we got Joel. He's from, um, Georgia. He worked on late models and he hauled around the NASCAR pit boxes for NASCAR. So, and so he drives a truck uh, and he does tires. He's great. He's doing a great job. Um, and then we got Jason. He's from Oklahoma city. He didn't work on micros and, uh, He's kind of taken Billy's spot as car chief, um, but Billy also drove the truck, so uh, when Billy quit, it was, you know, kind of like, uh-oh. A setback. Billy, yeah, Billy did so much over here, and um, but we found these two guys, and uh, it kind of took them a minute to figure everything out, but they it seems like they're getting the hang of it, and uh we all get along really well which is the main uh the main deal. As long as everyone's happy and uh everyone's getting along it's, you'll be winning races. So uh and then we got Chance. He uh he lives over by uh over by us in Oklahoma City. He races micros around there and uh he just comes to the shop whenever we need him, whenever we need help. He's a great kid. He's only about eighteen or nineteen uh, but he's coming on the road for Florida, and then he's going home. So uh, all three of them, uh, yeah, I want to thank them because they had uh, they had it, they had the car rolling just as much as anyone, and um, they're doing a great job. And uh, we got a bunch of sponsors, and um, that also do a great job that helped support us and uh, stayed with us for the year. And um, yeah, I'm glad uh, we could kick off a win with a new team and everything. And it kind of just gives us some momentum going into the rest of the year.
3: So I, I don't think people understand how difficult it is to have full-time crew members out on the road. It, it, oh, yeah. it, it's such a stress. It, it's just like Billy. He was out there for you for nine or 10 years and, and he got burnout. It's just like me personally. I, I got a little burnout after being out on the road for 13 years with the mm-hmm. ASCS national sprint Car tour, I got a little burnout as well no, it and, uh, and, and, uh, it just happens, doesn't it?
1: no, it does yeah keeping guys on the road is a big struggle um but if you can't, there's a lot of guys that can kind of burn out and uh being on the road all the time, you know you never see your family, you never you're just living on the road and you're only racing you just that's all you know is race cars, so right. um as much as as hard as it is, it's also, you know, kind of a a blessing in a way. You get to go to all these different tracks, you get to be in Florida when the weather's great this time of year, so I'm not complaining at all. Uh but yeah, uh if you if you got a good group of guys with you that you know are gonna stay at least for the season, it's a big relief. And, um, yeah, and when you do got guys that, get, that quit or, you know, go do whatever, um, it's stressful not knowing, you know, if you're going to find someone and if you do find someone, if they're going to be, you know, half as good and if how much, how easily they're going to pick up on everything and, um, just getting along with, with each other is, a I mean, is a big priority. So, um... Yeah, it's easy to get burnt out. Um, I see it happen a lot, but uh, you got guys like like we got Jimmy. He's just he lives and breathes this stuff, so I know I can always count on him to be there, and uh, he's always got our back. But um, yeah, we seem to have got a good deal going, so uh, hopefully we can be a little better this year.
4: So you're gonna run run the midget full time for Keith Coons again this year?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I'm gonna run. the full extreme series and then along with the full USAC series it's about 60 major races so
4: but, how, how uh, does that leave for sprint cars
1: about 50 sprint car races wow. It's yeah wow. it's still a lot of racing uh it, I mean 50 sprint car races is still uh a full season for a lot of guys yeah um but yeah we'll be busy I'll be busy this year for sure um but, you know, I'm up for it. Um, we'll just see how it goes. Uh, I I got offered, you know, to run for both of them. I feel like I'd be an idiot not to. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. And, uh, yeah, we'll see how that goes. So how
4: different are you going to have to drive with a 410 in the car than what you did this past weekend with the 360 down at Volusia?
1: Right. We uh, Yeah, we'll come back here with the 410, with the Outlaws uh, in two weeks at Volusia. Um, last year, I thought it was going to be pretty similar to the 360 here, but uh, that 410 is so fast. it's it's You, you kind of drive it the same, but it's just got so many... There's so many G-forces on your body in the car here at Volusia, and Right. That, People don't they don't do it justice on camera. How fast this place really is, and um, it's just 30 years, the the big deal that I'm still trying to learn. And I've been running wing cars for a while. I mean, a, a decent amount of time now, and uh, I'm still trying to figure it out. Half miles they're pretty tricky, and uh, but I'd say you know when the fourth ends are here, it's going to be. It should be slicker, uh, blown off a little bit more, and uh, it's just keeping your wing speed up around this place and keeping momentum up and right. uh, not slowing down. You can't slow down. This is the main thing I, I've started to figure out. So, um, yeah, the four ten is going to be hard. It's going to be a little tougher, guys. Here. Uh, but we got four nights of racing with them and I'm looking forward to it. I'm up for the challenge. So, um, we just got to have a good fast race car and, uh, the has going to be on his A game and we should be fast.
3: Hey, so in 360 racing, it's more about momentum than it is about the power with the 410 sprint car. Cause you can get yourself out of a little bit of trouble by just romp it on the gas a little bit with the 410, right?
1: Right, yeah. Uh, with the 360, I would get up in the cushion, and it would be wide open, but it'd be pulling the motor down, and I'd watch Sam and them guys kind of pull away from me because I'm losing speed being up up in the cushion, uh, where if it was the 410, I'd have no problem being up in the cushion. I'd just hold it wide and it'd power out of it. Uh, but with the 360, you kind of had to stay just, like half a right rear width off the cushion and just kind of tap it every now and again yeah. uh, and keep your, your speed up. And uh, that's kind of what I figured out. And um, I don't know if any of it's going to translate going into the 410 race of Volusia, but um, it definitely won't hurt. So uh, I'm glad we decided to come down here with the 360 and get some laps in before them.
3: Alright Ryan, I can't thank you enough for taking the time to join us here on Mostly Motorsports It's all been brought to you by Rod and Supply um, you, you got anybody you need to thank out there?
1: Yeah, I want to thank uh, all the all the sponsors on our race car Cigar, Engine Oil, Hample Oil uh, Mystic Lubricants Western Fire Express, Outlaw Wings, uh, Sherbill Suspension, Dethridge Eyewear uh, Bell Helmets uh, Select Coatings, just Everyone that is on the race car, it's a huge help having having guys that are back in your corner. So uh, I want to thank all of them. I want to thank uh, Jimmy, Joel, Jason, Chance for all their help. And, uh, yeah, we'll see if we can maybe do the same thing in two weeks. Right.
4: Hey, I got to tell you, though, I know the Chili Bowl didn't turn out the way you wanted, but you still had a fast race car down there. You came that close to winning that prelim. On oh, a Friday yeah. night, there, but you still had a fast race car.
1: Oh yeah, no, we had a fast race car all week for that deal. Um, yeah, that was that was that would have been something if I could have won the prelim night. Uh, still, to be able to lock it in, that was the goal. Was just to lock it in uh, as much as I wanted to win it. But that would have been awesome. Uh, it was still a really good week. You know, I felt like we turned some heads that week and uh, just. Going into next year, it makes me way more confident for the next year. Well, uh, now my standards are I better win the prelim night this year. So, (laughs) um, yeah, no, that was awesome to be able to almost win.
3: Yeah. Okay, Ryan, thanks so much for taking the time to join us here on Mostly Motorsports, man. We can't thank you enough for doing so. And uh, good luck to you down at Volusia.
1: All right? Yeah, yeah, no problem. Thank you for having me on here. Yep.
3: Congratulations on the win the other night. All
1: right. Thank you. All right. right. See you guys.
3: There you have it. That's Ryan Timms. He's a wheel man now. This kid is a, he's a wheel man. Yeah, no doubt, man. That kid has got more talent than I've got in the tip of my pinky. Yeah. I'm telling you. Natural talent. That kid is really talented. He's naturally gifted. Yeah, no doubt about it. He's
4: only going to get better as young as he is.
3: Yeah. You know, the future is out there for Ryan Timms. All right, when we come back, Ben Shelton is going to join us here on Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod and Supply, featuring the Powereye Midwest Lightning Sprints. We'll be back with more in a moment. Stay tuned.
2: You're listening to Mostly Motorsports with the Racing Boys. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod Ends, radius rods, and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to RodEndSupply.com. Rod & Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod & Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing or going off-road, Rod & Supply is an assortment of Rod ends, radius rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod & Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to RodAndSupply.com.
6: Rod-in Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial
2: applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod-in Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod-in Supply is an assortment of rod ends. radius rods, and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodinsupply.com.
8: when Steve died the outpouring of love was amazing these dollars had come together um, to support us and we realized no we didn't want to use them for us we wanted to use them to help
0: others the foundation has done so much for so many people it helps any any family that has somebody whether be a crew member or one of the drivers that get hurt we can help them to get through the situation.
9: I was injured in an non-wing spray car accident that broke my neck and left me with a spinal cord injury. I was in the hospital eight months and that got really, really expensive. So having that extra help to help push me and my family forward was a big deal.
8: Yes, Steve's death is the reason the foundation exists, but it's Steve's life and it's the lives of racers everywhere is the reason we're able to do the work we do.
10: Welcome
3: back. It's mostly motorsports and it's all brought to you by rod end supply. Let me just tell you right now they've got some new aluminum rod ends that are 30% lighter than any other aluminum rod in on the market. And um, I don't know if you saw them down there at the Chili Bowl, but they were at the Chili Bowl uh, midget Nationals down there and and I'm telling you folks, These AAM all aluminum rod ends are 30% lighter than any other aluminum rod end on the market. And you need to pick them up and and check them out because how much does it take to save 30% lighter than any other aluminum um, rod end on the market? How about that, Kurt?
4: I did see that when I was down there. That was a great display that uh, Bob had down there. And Bob gets the great uh, locations down there for the the big sign and the back straightaway. And he's got a great location at the trade show down at the Chili Bowl, too. So I enjoyed uh, seeing everybody down there with that.
3: And they also got swagged aluminum radius rods as well. So if you need an aluminum radius rod, you can pick up one. At Rod End Supply as well, so they are the all-purpose place for your rod ends and your radius rods, your bearings, your spacers, uh, fasteners. They've got it all over there at Rod End Supply. Just so you know.
4: Well, a guy that was right in the middle of everything down there on Saturday night down at Golden Isle Speedway was Ben Shelton. That was a pretty interesting victory lane at. Olden Isle Speedway and who better to talk about it than Ben Shelton
3: Ben Shelton joins us now Ben what a weekend in late model racing Ricky Thornton picks up the win but that's not the really the big story about what happened in Victory Lane afterwards.
9: Well, usually it takes until about June or July for people to really get mad at each other. No, nope, not mm-hmm. for us. January 27th, here we go. Buckle up, get ready. Marler's mad at Thornton. Davenport's mad at Thornton. Thornton's mad at everybody. Right. Thornton's in victory lane. He just won 25000 but he's spitting mad. And, uh, yeah, well, welcome to 2024 racing season, everybody. Yeah, no doubt. At, at, at
3: one point when Mike Marler, he made that move on Ricky Thornton, and and then Jonathan Davenport, he got by them both there at that at, at, during that point. Can you take us through that a little bit?
9: Yeah, I was actually standing down there, kind of toward turns three and four, and Marlar got a run to the outside of Thornton, and it seemed like um, you know Thornton kind of kind of pushed up a little bit there. Made, they made a little bit of contact, and uh, JD said thank you very much and shot by both of them. And really, at that point. I really thought it was probably going to be over. Uh, they'd gone out work the racetrack a little bit, but we had rain not too far out. And ironically, the rain just as it got to the facility, uh, it, it all fell apart. So, I mean, you know, hindsight's always 20 twenty twenty. But track prep crew probably didn't get to do as much as they would have liked. So it was, it was a bottom dominant track. Now, with that said, some guys were able to roll that outside a little bit, right? Um, and, and yeah, I mean that that happened. And you know, Thornton I think knew how imperative it was to get back to the lead. They go off uh, next time by into three and four and. Thornton gets gets together with Davenport and gets back around him, and then later loses the lead again, and then gets it back, and uh, right. you know, and then we had then we had Chris Madden let Madd late in the race because he goes around Thornton as we come back to to tend to go and you know the Lucas Oil rule is, is the leader plus three and um I think that uh the, it was the leader plus two had come across so the, the lap didn't count so you know Madden was a little upset about that but it was definitely not a night where you wanted to be the series director Rick Schwally because everybody right, was mad at you it was right hey <laughs> one of those nights but yeah
3: let, let me ask you this question was did Mike Marler did he have a reason to be upset the way that um ricky thornton raced him a little bit
9: you know i don't know if that's for me to say one way or the other um because in the car and obviously i've never driven once so i can't speak to what other right. people experience or don't um but you know i, I think they knew that passing was going to be at a premium and i feel for thornton Thornton felt like man i mean uh for Marlar, he was like man that was my chance and you know he, he's with a new team and it's twenty five thousand dollars so yeah, I mean, I, I would say from the ten thousand foot view, I would say that Marler probably had a reason to be mad. You know, right. whether whether it was truly justified or not, um, he, he had a reason. I mean, it's this sport's tough. It's like all forms of racing, and when you got a chance to win, you don't want you don't want anything messing it up.
3: Right, uh, Jonathan Davenport, did did he get into the corner a little too hot that one time, and Ricky Thornton got into him, or was that just a a a move by Ricky Thornton just to upset JD?
9: i think it was maybe a combination of everything and i also think it was a combination of 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 racing you know on a narrow groove racetrack and and guys getting really aggressive and and going after it um you know from my perspective and again not neither one of the cars standing down in turn three it felt like maybe you know ricky got in the the corner a little too hot and just couldn't stay out of jd um and 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 then you know then that that happened and you know, the one thing that I think is finally the under, possibly the underlying fact of it all, we just had a year where we watched Ricky Thornton Jr. win 23 of these series races and 40 wins overall, and I don't think, you know, there's not a lot of give in this sport anyway, but I really don't think, you know, guys want to give a guy that was that successful. They know they can't give him anything, right? and so they, you know, I, I think it all added up, and then you throw $25,000 on the line, and it just makes it that much more heated.
4: Right. Ben, I don't think I've ever seen a driver as upset, after a win, as Ricky Thornton Jr. was climbing out of that race car, were you surprised at uh, the way he reacted after that race? His attitude. You know,
9: I I, I was. Um, I think you know, looking back, the writing was on the wall because whoever he ever gets out of the car, is crew chief Anthony Burroughs is over there yelling at one of the Lucas officials, Jeremy Shields, as Jeremy's waiting to hand even the Hoosier headband <laughs> and the No Go checkered flag. I think I think the writing was there that he was going to be angry. You know, I probably, one other time in my life, Bub McCool won the Gumbo Nationals down at Greenville, uh, won a, a $10,000 super late model race, and they, he did not like the way the, the race director talked to him on the uh, race fever during the feature. And He got out, and he didn't even want to talk about winning the race. And he wanted to read the riot act to the race director down there. So right. I've been in that position a few times, but not many. No, you usually expect to get out of 25000 He's going to be far happier than he is mad, but Ricky was ready to uh, bite some nails in half down there.
3: You know, in victory lane, uh, J.D. come up, and he kind of nudged um, Ricky (laughs) Thornton Jr. there in victory lane. Was that a a, a sense of his displeasure when he did that, you think?
9: I know J.D. well enough that there was probably about 20% joking, maybe, you know what, I'm actually going to back up. I'm going to say there was 2% joking and 98% of, hey, dude, you are not my favorite person right now. Right. So, um, and, you know, and, and Ricky just Ricky kept eyeballs forward. He didn't look at him, which was probably also a good move. And, you know, and then, of course, J.D. gave me the, uh, you know, the, the quote there afterwards, it's, it, it, buckle up, it's going to be a long Yeah, the, three the top three so. podium
4: shoot can be kind of dangerous at times. You know, but J.D. gave the the, the greatest quote of the whole night. When he
9: said it's going
4: to get exciting coming up, yes, isn't
9: it? yes, and, and and I do believe it is. I'm uh, we, we rolled into California yesterday, and we were off yesterday, and we're off today, but we get back to racing tomorrow. And formerly Bubba Raceway Park, now Ocala Speedway, uh, it has a tendency anyway to get people upset, have some wild stuff happen. Right. So if you're if you're going to bring some hurt feelings, maybe some hot tempers, and some revenge into a racetrack, uh, this one again. Buckle up, guys. It, it can get interesting. I'll, I will say this, though. Cooler heads. I talked to uh, Jonathan Davenport's souvenir uh, vendor is staying here at the hotel, and he said he talked to J.D. yesterday. and J.D. said, you know, I, it's a new day. I'm kind of over it. But I don't think there's going to be a whole lot of giving when it comes down to it. So we'll, we'll see how it all goes.
3: The late model world is really full of uh, a lot of stars right now in late model racing, isn't it? Isn't there a lot of them?
9: Yeah, I mean, it really feels like it is. I mean, obviously, you know, Hudson O'Neill, he's won two out of three so far, and you got Bobby Pierce, Red Hot. I mean, hell, he won four races here with us out at the Wild West Shootout a couple weeks ago, and now he's winning down under in the Super Saloons in New Zealand. I mean, he flew all the way down there for two races, and he won the other night. Um, So, yeah, I mean, there is. I mean, there's a lot of, and then there's a lot of rising talent, and then, you know, and you get the veterans getting their feet back under them, like, you know, Jonathan Davenport, I really think Tim McCready's going to rally this year, and, it is. It's exciting. Um, you know, Brad Sweet recently made the comment. You know that that was a driving factor in creating the high limit series. He's kind of jealous of what was going on in the late model world with, you know, not only so much talent but also so many great paying races. So it is. I mean, you know, I think Scott Kirk. I think I told you guys last time I was on here um i I think Michael Rigsby summed it up best last year. Our sports never been stronger and more fragile all at the same point i mean at any any point i I could get up a morning and there could be an implosion of things and you 're not totally surprised just because we're on a razor thin edge, but right now we 're all enjoying the ride.
4: right what What makes this on a razor thin edge what What concerns you the most?
9: Well, I mean, obviously, like everything else in the world, costs are going up for these teams and these cars. And, and you know, and along those lines for these track promoters and, and these series operators, you know, overheads more, parts more, everything's more. And we're all, but we're also making record payouts for these guys. And, um, you know, if, if for some reason the economy takes a downturn and, you know, sponsors start pulling back some and fans can't go to races as much and, you know, the team owners can't justify spending the money and the, and the track owners can't justify keeping it open, you know, it, it can all go really bad, really fast. And I think right. we can't be naive and pretend like that's not a very real thing. That's sitting out there at all times, you know, do I think it's going to happen today or tomorrow? No, but I think we all have to be cognizant of it and keep finding ways to make this better for everybody whenever we can.
3: You know, we talk about USMTS a lot here with uh, Trenton Berry on, uh, on his, uh, on his website. We talked to him quite a bit and yep. you know, the technology from late model racing is rolling over to the modified racing and modified racing has become really expensive right now.
9: I mean I mean it has and you know and, and I'll just mad respect to what Todd Staley's doing over there. I mean he's really I think Todd's a great example of somebody that's seeing what works, what doesn't, and adjusting accordingly. You know, last year they had a lot of those three day shows. And just, you know, candidly, there's not many places that can handle a three-day show. You know, by the final right. night, you're going to have a good crowd. First couple of nights, not so much. And, you know, and the expenses have got crazy over there. I mean, Rodney Sanders just got crowned champion back on Saturday night. And, you know, $100,000, that's crazy. You know, that's that's crazy money right. good for those guys. But, yeah, I mean, everything everything's getting more expensive. And, and the one thing that I've learned, and I'm the furthest thing from a tech guy that you'll ever see, but the one thing that I think I've come to learn is, when you find somewhere to save money, somewhere racers are going to spend money, and they're going to spend it somewhere else. So, so like a little bit, we are chasing our tails, and you know, hopefully, we can just find a way to keep make it all keep going. But we we have to be aware, and I don't think anybody thinks it's a secret that the stuff's expensive, and you know, and, and if if a couple key things shift one direction, you know, we could have a much different outlook than we currently have.
3: Uh, ben, let me ask you a question: what What's it take to get a turnkey? Late model that could compete at the highest level in late model racing. What what is the cost of one of those right now?
9: You at this point, um, you know, based on last things I've heard, because I mean, now you're looking at top of the line motor. You're talking fifty five thousand just for that, right? Um, you know, you're you're you're, you're in that. Uh, man, it wasn't that long ago. It was a little less than a hundred. I'd say now you're probably one twenty five on turn turnkey top of the line everything.
4: And then the expense of just traveling up and down the road has gone up considerably.
3: You,
4: you know, well it
9: has, it has, it
4: has. Yes. You,
3: you know, a lot of people don't understand what it takes to get crew members to travel with you up and down the road because I traveled with a lot of crew members over the years, and a lot of them get burnt out really quick, don't they?
9: Well, you know, I think I think a lot of, uh, and this is where I'm going to sound like an old man. <laughs> Hell, I am an old man now, so I guess it makes sense. <laughs> um, you know these kids. You know, no, I mean, I think a lot of people, a lot of the, the younger generation, they think, man, I'm going to go out on the road. And I'm going to go to all these tracks, and we're going to party and watch races and all that. And the reality is, no, you're going to work a lot. You're going to be dirty. You're probably going to get yelled at a lot. You're not going to see. You're only going to see when your car is on the track, and you're not going to sleep much. And uh, you know, the party ends far and few in between, and it's tough. And you know, and, and the older Generation, you know, that grew up doing it, that was adjusted to it. Even when they didn't love it, they they dug in. They found a way to do it. A lot of those guys are moving out of the sport, or they're getting older. I mean, right. and um, you know, that's why I think like what UNOH does, you know, University of Northwestern Ohio. I think that's what's so paramount because they're teaching these kids the trades, and, and it, it is it is bringing some new younger members of these teams. And I think that's crucial. Um, you know, there's not, a, there's not a lot of kids that are out there working on their personal cars anymore, much less their race cars. So, right. uh, yeah, I mean, that, that's a. I can tell you right now, if, if you've got, you know, even if you don't have any experience, but you've got a strong work ethic and all that, you can about go find a job anywhere you want right now with these teams because they're all looking. But the thing is, there's not a lot of guys that are looking to get hired.
3: Yeah. The, the Lucas the Oil late model series is uh, probably, in my eyes, probably the premier series. Um, I know we've got the world of outlaw late models, but uh, right now it looks like Ricky Thornton's got the lead in the points right now, right?
9: Well, right now, you know, it, 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 it's kind of a juggernaut up there because you got Thornton and I actually think Davenport and Hudson uh, tied for the points league because they, they do points a little bit different down here. Now, so far, you know, all the points are counting, but uh, there's technically there's 15 total speed weeks races for the Lucas Oil Late Model Nerd Series down here. Now, the first three to East Bay next week. Those don't count as points events, um, so you have twelve, and they take their best six. So really, you just need to have six good races out of speed weeks. Um, so you know, if you've gone out there and you've gone zero for two so far and had two really bad outings, um, is that ideal? No, but you're not down and out because you you know we've had one rained out, so you still have you know we've got two in the books, we got nine left, and you try to have six good points performances, and then you move out of here into the season, but. Um, yeah, it's a little confusing for some on how the points work down here, but I, I kind of like it, guys. It's, it, you know, I think it's hard knowing that, you know, these Lucas shows down here, the Outlaws are off on those nights. And these fields are tough, and especially with a rookie contender, man, you don't want him coming out of Speed Week's 45th in points and thinking, man, I'm not going to do this. Right. Um, so, so yeah, I, I, I do like what they've done down here, and you know, the Outlaws, they just, uh two weeks ago or a week or a week and a half ago they had a great week over there at Volusia with the Sunshine Nationals. They battled weather a little bit, but they had two great races and uh yeah, just you know, exciting times down here. The next few weeks are gonna be interesting to see, you know, who rises to the challenge and who else's feelings are hurt and where we're at when, you know, we head out of here in about three weeks.
4: Uh Ben, I know this is so competitive. Ricky Thornton Jr. had such a epic season last year. Jonathan Davenport two years ago Uh, Now Ricky Thornton Jr., yes, he's off to a great start. He got that big win the other night, but he's got a big target on his back now. How's he going to handle it?
9: Um, You know, one thing about it is I think that, you know, getting Thornton, um, you know, getting him fired up, actually, (laughs) that could be really bad for everybody else. I made the comment the other night, a minute, uh, that (sighs) – a mad Ricky Thornton Jr. is a dangerous Ricky Thornton Jr. I could see him winning both races at Bubba Raceway Park, Ocala Speedway this week, and then this weekend at Alltech. He loves both those places, and, and he made the comments of the night. They've done messed up and made me mad. So um, I think he. I don't think it it, it falters whatsoever. Uh, when it comes down to that, I think he'll rise to the challenge. But I also think when it's getting into the closing laps, he's going to be looking at that scoreboard to see if the 49 or the 157 are back there too. So, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I think I don't think he's worried, but I think he's going to be keeping a watchful eye. Ben, I can't
3: thank you for taking the time to join us here on Monday. Uh, I, I I sure appreciate it. I know that it it was a long weekend for you down there, and I can't thank you enough for taking the time to join yeah,
9: us. Yes, Dustin, Jared, okay uh well first first uh scott absolutely man i'll always glad to come on and talk with you guys i love it and yeah dj's better he's back to 100 percent he uh he probably could have made it saturday night we encouraged him to take one more night to rest the doctors wanted him to rest and uh he's good he just uh man he just got uh he got a little under the weather really late last year he's kind of been battling it off and on and uh he got over there and uh, his eyes slow up on him and just wasn't feeling great. So, yeah, he's going to be back in the saddle. He'll be up in the booth with James Essex tomorrow night, and I'll be in the infield, and, and again, then we'll have the band back together again.
3: Hey, hey, we'll be watching, just so you know.
9: Uh, well, I appreciate it, guys. And always, if you need anything, let me know.
3: All right. Thank you, Ben. Thanks, Ben. All right. There you have it. That's Ben Shelton, um, pit reporter for Flow, and uh, he does a great job down there, as usual.
4: It's not going to be called Bubba Raceway Park any longer. It's Ocala. They Yeah, I see uh, on the uh, Lucas Hole Twitter page, they've got a new Ocala Speedway logo. And they said the previously named Bubba Raceway Park is now branded as Ocala Speedway. So I'm not sure what's happened to what happened Bubba old, the Love Sponge. What happened but to old
5: Bubba? I don't you know. know. Ocala, he, he Bubba
3: Raceway Park any longer. You know, he might have sold it.
5: Yeah, it might he might be back on the radio again? You know, might have, those radio guys? You know, he might have got him another radio gig again, and might be on the.
3: I, I'm not sure he's got a radio gig. I don't know. I, I'm not sure if he. I'm does not or sure might. what happened to him. Remember uh-uh.
4: when he came to the Chili Bowl, and yeah. raced? and he flipped. So <laughs> he, he did
5: an interview on Howard Stern about that when he flipped on. So Howard, because Howard doesn't know anything about what chili bowl he yeah. talked
4: about the chili bowl with howard stern
5: oh yeah oh, no somebody man. so one of the one of the um, uh, producers for the show he's got like 10 producers that take care of stuff and right one of them said
3: uh, unlike you you're yeah, just, I'm, I'm one just one just man show. The down. i'm just right. holding it down <laughs> right.
5: but one of them had mentioned hey bubba you uh you had a pretty bad wreck last weekend didn't you and this was you know or one when you were wreck- and he said yeah he says one year i was at this event and he talked about how he goes. I, I really thought I'd be okay. I he goes. I'd driven one of those cars before, but never, never like that. And he said, I really flipped, flipped pretty hard. He goes. Somebody said it was one of the biggest flips they'd had down there at the Chili Bowl.
4: It is one of the biggest that I can remember. That's His arms saying. went flailing through the air. Yeah. He, like you yeah. said, he
5: had no business probably being in that car for sure. And uh, well,
3: he he's race cars. No, before. that's what I mean. Yeah. But I
5: mean, like, not on the chili bowl. That's what I meant. like right. that's that. I'll just go back to what Sammy Swindell said. All you needs a little money, and they'll put you in the chili bowl. Like they like. All you needs a car. Like there needs to be maybe some first timer races because even though you've maybe raced somewhere else and you jump in that car at the chili bowl guys that's a whole different gig
3: man listen they will run over you if you hold them up
5: things goes when you're in that infield it's just i get it it's a race race is a race race but when it's that compact and close man it nobody's waiting for nothing and things just in a second is over with Right,
4: no doubt. So a big week for the uh, Lucas Oil 8 models. They've got uh, practice session tonight at Ocala Speedway. and then Is that going to be on flow? It's going to be on flow. All of it's on flow. And then Tuesday, Wednesday night, Ocala Speedway, each 40-lap features uh, paying $10,000 to win. All-Tech Raceway is next on the card. Uh, that's in Northern Florida, three nights there, February 1st, 2nd, and 3rd, and then they move to East Bay Raceway Park, the last year for East Bay, by the way. The grand finale will be in October, so this is the last time during Speed Weeks that anybody will be able to see races at East Bay, that's near Tampa. Uh, Practice night on Sunday, February 4th, and then they go racing February 5th, 6th, 7th, 8th. 9th and 10th, all the way through the end of that week, and uh, then later in the month of February, they're back to Golden Isle Speedway. So lots of late model racing going on. The Sprint Cars will be opening up next week at Volusia, including the World of Outlaws, the NOS Energy Drink World of Outlaws, will have action the weekend of February the 7th. And then the High Limit Series at East Bay the week after that. So it's going to start to pick up here pretty quick. It's all starting now. And
3: and they've got the uh, UMP Modified. They're going to be racing on the 5th and 6th down at Volusia as well. And then uh, the following night, they will have the UMP Modifieds with the World of Outlaws. And uh, the World of Outlaws, uh, again, will be running on the uh, 7th, 8th, 9th, Tenth, and uh, then they're going to have uh, non-wing sprint cars um, down there. I guess that's the extreme series, isn't it?
4: Uh, USAC sprint cars going to be in action down there. Oh, yeah, the National Sprint Car Tour and the uh, World of Outlaw Late Models and Super Dirt Big Blocks the week of the Daytona Five Hundred. So NASCAR will be kicking off next Sunday at the coliseum at los angeles the uh the bush light clash they called it for the third year at the coliseum in los angeles This next sunday daytona 500 february 18th so exciting time of the year i love it when february rolls around
3: right and uh just so you know uh timmy hogan he picks up the the uh, three-quarter modified wins down there he he, he was a 3 that guy won all three nights how about that? Mm-hmm. Three-quarter modifieds. What is that
4: Three when they say three-quarter modifieds?
3: It's three-quarters size of a modified, Kurt. Okay. Yeah. There you go. That's, that's it. Explains that. Yeah. Uh,
4: Rolex 24 was held uh, over the weekend at Daytona International Speedway. I watched quite a bit of that on Saturday. And uh, Penske is in victory lane. Yeah, Roger Penske was there. What a year he's had.
5: He's had a pretty good year, I'd he, say. I'd huh? say a good
4: year. They won, <laughs> they won the NASCAR Cup Series Championship with Brian Blaney. They won the Indianapolis 500 with Joseph Newgarden. And they won the championship this year, I think, yeah. in IndyCar.
5: And then they pick up this. That's um, pretty good. uh. No,
4: I think Alex Pillow won the Pillow championship won the in IndyCar. Championship. So they didn't win the IndyCar championship. But the Joseph Newgarden, who won the Indy 500 last year, was part of the team that won yesterday at the Rolex 24, driving a Porsche. And so, uh, congratulations to them.
5: Racing season's kicking off, guys. It's getting ready to yep, roll. Yep, no man. doubt about it. I rolled through Lakeside. Speed went by Lakeside yesterday right during the. For the Chiefs game, and looks like they were out there working even yesterday. I saw the gate open, so somebody was out there doing something out there working at Lakeside. So,
4: And you saw a commercial yesterday on oh, TV. Oh, oh, by the, oh, by the way. You're they, thinking, hey, that was Lakeside Speedway. Yep. That commercial was it shot. was.
3: Oh, by the way, they're going to have a World of Wheels display yeah. at Lakeside, and at, they're going to have six cars down there at uh, Lakeside Speedway. At, this weekend. at the World of Wheels.
5: At, yeah. the, at the, the World Hall, of Wheels. At, uh, when is, is it, that? Uh, next next weekend. So. Is it the following weekend? No, this weekend coming up. It was, this weekend yeah, coming up? That's right. Yeah. And if anybody knows, when World of Wheels comes to town, that means. There's always a full couple actors, maybe a couple action series stars, a few old school wrestlers and Right. They're always there. When I was a kid, guys, I, that's my dad would take us to the me and my neighbor
3: Did you the, go to All-Star Wrestling?
5: We went to all the wrestling, but when you when the when the World when World of Wheels would come into town, it felt like I don't know, as a kid, it was cool cuz the Batmobile would be there or maybe the Smokey and the Bandit right. car would be there yeah. or the 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 love, the machine, the what is the mystery machine from Scooby Doo would be there, you know. You right. always, and then you had those crazy cars with the blown engines.
3: Did I ever tell you, Todd, that I had a bicycle that I had in the World Wheels Car yeah, Show? I remember you
5: saying that chopper bikes. A chopper bike
3: no. that my cousin David built. I, I, I can't take the credit for it because my cousin David built it. I traded him. You're going to love this, Todd. <laughs> I traded him two guitars oh. for the bicycle. Ooh two guitars i traded him for it well, hopefully they wasn't very expensive guitars now uh, they way. they were cheap there you go they, they were cheap guitars right, anyway it was just so you know i traded him those two guitars and uh
5: that was a big my, deal my, back in the 70s my, man my,
3: my cousin david is a pretty good guitar player yeah yeah oh yeah you well, know he, he can he can play a lot of stevie Ray Von yeah. stuff yeah well, those
5: those chopper bikes back in the 70s were the they were pretty cool they were pretty cool and they were the they were the stuff you know everybody
3: I don't know if you can find it on my uh, yeah, my I, Facebook page I, uh,
5: I looked for it um, one day and I say, I think it was tagged in a post as well I couldn't find it but uh, yeah it was uh, <laughs> those bikes back then man you would I mean on the weekends you'd take your bike apart and paint it I had candy apple red bike with metallic flame you know what i mean it was that was what you did you did your bike up and right but yeah i i but agree
3: my, my cousin david was so good with bicycles man he, he listen he was a custom car painter that's just to, to let you know how, yeah. how good he was
5: well i i know for a and fact. now
3: he makes custom inline skate boots
5: yeah for olympics and, and, everything.
3: and, and he's won 29 gold medals in the olympics and now he he's making these skate boots, where you snap your 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 foot into the pedal. Yeah, and he's won countless races with those pedals, with those those That's crazy. those boots.
5: Well, I do know that um, he's isn't that the guy who made the guitar pick for me?
3: Yeah, he did. Uh, yep.
5: I'm, see if he can get me make me another one of those because. I'd like to have one more. So I was, I don't know if you guys, I'm trying to find the the commercial spot. So that tech light, have you noticed? You saw this yesterday
4: for the first time, (laughs) right? I
5: did guys. And I'm, I tack light. Is that what they call it? Yeah, it's called tech light. And I'm trying to find the actual video that I had yesterday, but it's a national ad. It's a national ad guys. But what I was watching it before the chiefs games came before the football game started yesterday. And I'm flipping around and, uh, That guy comes on, and he freezes the light in the block of ice, and then they drop it from the building, and everything works. Well, they pull up, and they show it, and I said, well, heck, that looks like Lakeside Speedway. And I stopped it and took a picture of it, and damned if it wasn't.
3: It wasn't Lakeside Speedway. It was Lakeside Speedway. It was Lakeside.
5: And they'd filmed it on the infield, and it was a couple years back, and it was the year they had the... Monster trucks out there. Yeah, they have monster trucks out there once a year. And uh, let me tell you, that thing, I mean... They they sure did a good job the way they made Lakeside Speedway look in that B-roll. Like you said, I know a lot about shooting B-roll and uh it was they made that track. Do you uh, got that video? I'm top? trying to, I'm, I'm literally try, I'm trying to see if we can find it here. Um here we go. Let me pull it up right. Here we go, right here. So here's the guy.
3: There Maybe it is, right there.
0: So here's so you know we had to do it. Let's run this there light over that with a monster sense. truck.
10: Now that's what I call military tough. You definitely don't want to try that with a regular flashlight. And even though it's rugged and durable, it's Not lightweight and easy to And hold. we didn't get
4: paid so for that ad either.
10: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we
4: just know. Hey, did you
3: show that on the screen, Tom? Yeah. yeah uh-huh. Uh huh. I, 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 all I'm seeing is the intro or the. Uh, you must be behind. I'm
5: looking out on my screen right now. Yeah, it's
3: up there. Mm. You're just behind
5: or ahead, one or the other. But yeah, no, that I was pretty surprised when I saw that, and I, like I said, I took a took a picture of it to show my wife, but she happened to be watching the same channel that I was watching upstairs, and I said, "Hey, rewind that." And she watched it twice and still didn't get what I was like. Don't you see it? And she said no. And I finally had to point it out to her. I said, hey, that's, that's our home track right there. I just thought it was kind of cool that they filmed that out there at our own home racetrack. Lakeside Speedway. Place Scott Trailer raced many a races at.
3: Many races. i was seeing this report. Back on, when it was pavement, though. That's right. But we've been there for the But But, hey, I, 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 I did run in the top ten in a A-mod out there back when... Back when the Modifieds, when there was 40 Modifieds out there racing every week, I did run in the top 10 out there one time.
4: Different time back Uh, then. Yeah. I see this report on National Speed Sport News. Uh, Ron Musselman, the co-owner of Maxim Racing, is retiring as of January 31st, selling the interest of the organization to his brother. Now, if you remember, Musselman has operated the company from – for Maxim since he bought the uh, company from Chuck Merrill nine years ago. Chuck Merrill was the original owner of uh, Maxim Chassis, and then Ron Musselman came along, kept it going. Still a lot of Maxim Chassis out there, but uh, big changes there, with Ron Musselman announcing his retirement and selling it to his brother. What that will mean for any changes for Maxim Chassis, uh, we don't know, but uh, that bit of news Uh, According to uh, Speed Sport News, just
3: reading there a little bit ago. Right. Hey, Todd. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. What do you think of Walter Trout as a guitar player? Good guitar player. He's excellent, isn't he?
5: That's right. Some good guitar players out there.
3: Who's your favorite guitar player of all time? Would would it be Eddie Van Halen? Eddie's
5: my one that, you know, when you're a kid, you latch on to somebody and he's still... The greatest, as far as I'm concerned, the greatest living guitar player, rock guitar player for me is Steve I. out there right now. There's probably nobody. I mean, he's. He's the best there is, isn't he? He's Berkeley. I mean, he went to college for music. He went played with frank zappa you know he like you said the guy he's a composer more than just a musician he he composes a lot of does a lot of film scores and stuff too so it's just not that but yeah there's some uh pretty good concerts that are hit man i just saw hearts coming to ta- coming to places they're not coming to kansas city but
3: i wonder if, if the closest isn't that to? strange yeah, todd that, o- that uh, big acts don't come to kansas city
5: i mean we get some and we get a lot of them don't get me wrong we just we get a few we and i if maybe if there's something already booked tonight that you know i get it there's if you have a bigger show booked or something else is Who'd already did you
3: tell me was that going to knuckleheads
5: uh well living colors is going to be playing down there which is a you know good band from the 90s and and uh, when is that that will be february 13th i think it's on a monday night i believe yeah but yeah um like i said before support do you even know
3: who living color is kirk No, they were no. A
5: all black band they opened up for the rolling stones on a couple tours yeah they were really they're
3: they real re- hey the guitar player vernon reed vernon reed he is an excellent yeah, guitar player just, isn't he? Uh, yeah yeah they're,
5: they're like you said they were they were super hot in the 90s and and uh still out there doing it right now my friend
3: cult up personality personality is a song yeah, yeah my
5: my i was a bass tech for a while and my one of my best friend you know i toured with and eddie pruitt he uh he was one of the finalists for the replacement bass player gig for that he flew out there a few times and and, and
3: what he was really close to landing that yeah, gig, was, wasn't he one
5: of three they had they kept calling three guys back and the guy they pulled back like ed said he goes look i I can't argue with who they picked. <laughs> the guy he picked is really good, so I mean, it wasn't like he felt like he was slighted by not being picked. But yeah, um, that was a different. Like I said, that was before I was a, a different era. Different, that, yeah, and that was my whole another lifetime for me. Like I said, I was doing the rock and roll thing, and people don't realize back in the day there was no internet. This is right before there was even dial-up AOL type of internet service and. Man, I used to put press packets together and send things out, put a CD, a video, and some information and try to get endorsements. And, you know, that's something, I don't know, I mentioned to it to a few race car driver guys out there, that's, that's still a pretty good way of going about getting endorsement deals, guys. Man, you put together, it doesn't have to be the package like I did now, it can be a video presentation package, but... Man, put together a, a race where you did well. Put together another race where you didn't do so right. well. Put some video together of you interacting with your fans and your crew chief, and then a pack, right. a little package about your car and what you've done. And you send that out. It doesn't cost anything, guys. This is we're talking email now. Right. You know, that you email that to potential guys that would never, you would never think that would be a sponsor. And look, you do not realize how many people would say, man, you know what? I'll take care of you this year. We'll throw you a couple hundred bucks a week. I yeah. mean, it ain't much, yeah. but that might cover your ice bill this year. Right. Or it might but cover your, your whatever the, the drinks for your guys. You know, I mean, right. all helps. But I don't think people realize that, man, it, it, you it to really network yourself like a Brian Brown, where you're out there and able to take care of your sponsors, man, search out those sponsors in the old school ways like that man put yourself together there you know you you know there's videos of yourself out there online man put yourself together a little package have you guy make a video put together or better
3: yet have somebody go out there and film you as that's right exactly right right. put up film you you know my my ex-wife filmed every race that i raced oh
5: yeah and and that every race and we know it now guys everybody's got a camera It isn't like back when Scott was doing it, where you had to purchase. Everybody's got a camera in their hand now, and to hell, it shoots really good video if you're pretty decent about it. So, yeah, man, I always tell everybody, man, you'd be surprised about how many people that don't actually go out and hunt sponsors every year. You know what I mean? Yeah, no doubt. And even the guys that aren't looking for sponsors, man, you might be able to find you a bar or a place that would hook you up on some ice and drinks for the week, every week. And, man, that, that makes a lot of difference, guys. Big difference. It makes a yep. big
3: difference. No, no doubt about it. Hey, hey, do you remember James DeWore? He was the lead singer for Robin Trier back oh, in the day. Oh,
5: yeah, yeah, yeah. That name didn't until you said that, Yep.
3: But listen, man, when I was a kid, when I listened to Robin Trier, I thought he had the best voice of anybody oh, yeah. out there. Yeah. Good stuff. He was really good, man. Back in the day. Yep.
4: I remember him. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, drag racing news. Got a little drag racing news. Robert Height is going to be out of the funny car yeah. for a while in NHRA. Uh, listed some uh, health issues that he wants to get to take care of, but he will not be in the hmm. uh, funny car for John Force Racing to begin the 2024 season at the Gator Nationals next month. It's going to be Austin Proc behind the wheel of that funny car, so we hope to see Robert Height back fairly soon. How how, how long he's going to be out of the car, doesn't say. But uh, Robert wish him our... well. Hope everything's good with Robert Height.
5: Robert's been in our studio more than once. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. Like you said. Uh, he's several doing, times. Yeah, hope he's doing well.
4: A couple of other notes. Uh, Billy Torrance, the father of four-time NHRA top fuel champion Steve Torrance, will be going full-time uh, this year along with his son. And Mac Tools has extended their long sponsorship with Coletta Racing and reigning uh, top fuel champion Doug Coletta for the 23rd straight year. Mac Tools uh, will be the uh, main sponsor uh, for Doug Coletta. And uh, again, the Gator Nationals open up the 2024 season March 7th through the 10th. Used to be the Winter Nationals would open things up in February, but they've moved the Winter Nationals to later in March now, so they don't start the uh, season as early as they used to. So March at the Gator Nationals when everything will open up with the NHRA, and whether or not we see an event here in the Kansas City area next year, it doesn't look like it right now. We thought maybe the uh, Flying H drag strip at I-70 Motorsports Park would be the scene of the... uh, National event here in this area since Heartland Motorsports Park is closed down. Uh, Maybe not. in. I, it doesn't look like it's going to happen in 2024, so we'll just uh, wait and see. Hopefully in 2025.
5: 2025 is the year I'm going to predict. We're going to have a big race out there. Hopefully. Hopefully. And- That'll be, the, that'll be the... They'll probably have an announcement.
3: They'll have a nitro race out there yeah. eventually. They'll
5: have They'll have a big announcement probably this year out but there. But they
3: They always said that they weren't going to have nitro yeah,
5: events well, out there. I think money changes that. You
3: know, the good thing for me, though,
4: is I get to drive back to Knoxville for the final night of the Nationals this year. Yeah, it's Instead not so of hanging far away. back here and going to the NHRA event at Heartland Motorsports Park the same weekend they had for... Two years, which I thought was bad for everybody, uh, that they had those two events on the same weekend. Uh, it, you know, it didn't affect Knoxville Nationals because they are the Knoxville Nationals. But I do think it affected the crowd that turned out at Heartland Motorsports Park the last two yeah, years. no doubt. And, uh, you know, we don't have that conflict again this year. So
3: right.
4: I'll be able to go Saturday night at Knoxville this year.
3: Hudson O'Neill picked up the win on Thursday night at, uh, where, where were they They at? were at uh, Golden Isle Speedway. Golden Isle Speedway. Yeah, Brunswick, Georgia.
4: Mm-hmm. So they did get the the Friday night got rained out. Friday night got rained out. But they did get Saturday night show in, and it turns out, you know, they were they were hustling along the program thinking that the rain was coming. So they didn't really work the racetrack as much as they wanted to, and it turns out, according to Ben Shelton, it didn't rain at all. It turns out it didn't rain at all, so it, but that's the way it goes isn't it if you're if you're hustling things along trying to beat the rain it never comes if you do wait it out, then you're going to get burned by it so yeah what do you what do you do so i I think the guys I, you know the track wasn't as ideal as you would have liked to have been on Saturday night down there, but uh, they want to make sure they got the show in, and I can't blame them for that.
3: Yep. Okay, thanks, everybody, for tuning in to uh, Mostly Motorsports. It's all been brought to you by Rod End Supply. Uh, We can't thank those guys enough. Again, um, if you need rod ends, you can buy your rod ends, your radius rods, your bearings, your spacers. And your fasteners, all from Rod In Supply, man. I'm telling you, they are such good guys over there. And you need to get over there and check out their new lightweight, 30% lighter aluminum Himes joints that they've got out there right now. So, again, thanks to Rod In Supply for being such great supporters of the Racing Boys. Uh, For Todd Surprise, for Kirk Elliott, I'm Scott Trailer saying thanks for joining us. We'll see you on Saturday on Track Talk.